time for another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library, where your favorite bookworms give our recommendations from the Delaware County District Library. So don't worry, we'll help you find something new to get lost in. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library. This is our recommendations and uh, reader's advisory podcast for you. We are back with our second one for um, our, our rebirth of the podcast, and it is Media Week. So we're going to be uh, showing you some recommendations for some of the newer releases for Black History Month. Um, so that's going to include some actors, some directors, you know, anybody behind the scenes involved. We'll give you some good recommendations for that. And then we'll go ahead and have some special uh, recommendations after that. Uh, I am one of your normal co-hosts, Via. And instead of Katie, uh, she will be popping up later, but we have a special guest, as promised. We have Kellen, our makerspace wizard, as we have called you previously. Hello, Kellen. Via. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you excited to be here? Yes, I, I wanted to watch the movie we we're going to talk about for a long time and just have never quite gotten the reason to do it until now. So, Excellent. Well, that's what we're good for, especially Media Week, is just talk about all the movies you love. Do you want to to plug anything about the makerspace or anything before we get started? Uh, we are fully, uh, we have fully switched over into the do-it-yourself workspace style uh, now that the new year has gone over so we encourage anybody who's interested to learn more to come on over get a tour of the space and we'll begin training you on how to run any of the equipment uh, so you can come in and make things on your own without uh, needing my help if i'm busy teaching somebody else or, or teaching a class you'll be free to come in and run the laser or get a 3d print going all on your own Excellent. And if you haven't checked out the makerspace, you should definitely do it. We have little brochures at the desks to teach you all the things that you can do, all of the many amazing magical things. I have made buttons with foxes on them. Um, I've, I've looked into making Christmas ornaments. We have bookmarks. We have laser printing and people can make cool plastic figurines and things. So the, the possibilities are endless um, unless they're not, which then Kellen will tell you if they are not. So, <laughs> but there is a limit, but there's the limit's pretty far off. Yeah. So um, we will go ahead and get into his movie, which he will uh, tell you what it is uh, in a few seconds. But first, we are going to do our top five releases, newer releases for Black History Month. So first, I have King Richard, which is directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green and starring Will Smith. It is up for several awards uh, as a nominee this year, so we'll have to see how it does. Uh, it is about, uh, not. it is not a Shakespearean or a medieval movie at all. It is a look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after coaching from their father, Richard Williams. That is the King Richard we are talking about. That movie is currently on order. We will be getting it in soon, so keep a lookout for that. And while it is on order, you can put it on hold at this time. The next one up is Judas and the Black Messiah. That is directed by Shaka King and starring Lakeith Stanfield as William O'Neill and Daniel Kaluuya as um, the uh, character Fred Hampton. Uh, you may recognize him from Jordan Peele's Get Out, which uh, was very well known. And uh, for this role as Fred Hampton in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, he won 
um, an Academy Award, a Golden Globe, and a Critics' Choice for Best Supporting Actor. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, it is about um, offering a plea deal by the FBI. William O'Neill infiltrates the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party to gather intelligence on Fred Hampton, who is a young activist turned chairman of the Black Panther Party. This looks very good, very intense. It is already available in the library now. If you look under DVD in the drama section, it'll be under JUD. So definitely check that one out. And of course, what would my list be without a horror mention? We have the new Candyman, which is directed by Nia DaCosta, and the screenplay was written by Jordan Peele. It is starring uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II as Anthony, um, and really exciting. If you've seen the original 1992 Candyman, the original actor of the Candyman, Tony Todd, is reprising his role. I absolutely love that. Um, I love when the the classics come back and, and rejoin their roles. This one, of course, because it's horror, is not really up for many acting or anything awards. They always leave out, out those, those genre pieces, but it is up for a nominee for score and screenplay. Of course, Jordan Peele does amazing writing for what he does. So let's hope, cross our fingers for that. We need more recommendation or, or more representation in the horror community also. But uh, in this uh, version of Candyman. In present-day Chicago, many years after the last of the Cabrini Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now-gentrified Cabrini. A chance encounter with an old-timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind the Candyman. Anxious to use these macabre details in his studio as fresh grist for paintings, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Guess who that is? So yeah, no, this is not a remake. This is not a modern remake. This is a direct sequel to the 1992 film. So that's also really exciting. And I'm surprised I didn't know about this. I'm actually a little bit ashamed as a, a horror lover. Um, but the Candyman story was based on a short story called The Forbidden by Clive Barker. And I did not know that. So uh, if you're looking for something to um, extend uh, this universe for you. If you've seen the movie or if you really love Clive Barker uh, and want some more after this, definitely look up that short story. The next one I have is for family and kiddos. It is Soul. Uh, it is uh, starring Jamie Foxx as Joe, and he actually won the Outstanding Voice Performance Award for this, and it won for Outstanding Original Score. Of course, these movies always have wonderful music. So uh, Jamie Foxx plays Joe, who is a jazz pianist and middle school band teacher from New York, whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good at it. He finally lands the gig of a lifetime, but when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he finds himself trapped in a strange land between Earth and the afterlife and discovers what it means to have soul. So that's a very good one. I've seen that one. I highly recommend. And it is going to be in the DVD section under Family SOU. You can get that right now. And the last one I have for you is called Summer of Soul. And that is from Questlove, who is the, uh, you, you have to know who Questlove is. And if you don't think you do, you do, I promise you. He's the drummer and co-frontman from The Roots Hip Hop Band, uh, which you might have seen him and the band on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, if you, if you think from nothing else. But yes, Questlove is wonderful. And this is a documentary that also has a lot of nominees um, for this year's uh, awards shows. It did already win at, Sund at Sundance, so um, I usually think that's pretty good. Um, 
It is a feature documentary about the legendary 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, which celebrated African-American music and culture and promoted Black pride and unity. This footage was never seen and largely forgotten until now, even though this happened over the course of six weeks in the summer of 1969, just 100 miles south of Woodstock. Summer of Soul shines a light on the importance of history to our spiritual well-beings and stands as a testament to the healing power of music during times of unrest, both past and present. The feature includes never-before-seen concert performances by Stevie Wonder, Nina Simone, Sly and the Family Stone, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Mahalia Jackson, B.B. King, The Fifth Dimension, and more. So this one is also on order. You can put yourself on hold for it. I'm super excited for this. Um, I definitely want to see a bunch of new music documentaries, always love the music ones. And uh, these summaries for these uh, recommendations for top five come from IMDb, but also I got many of the um, awards information from Black Real Awards, uh, which is very cool. They um, are their own awards show and have a website of their own. They help bring representation um, of Black actors, directors, everybody behind the scenes, or screenwriters, um, musicians. And um, there's been a lot of talk uh, in the last couple of years about how the um, super huge award shows like the um, you know, Oscars and the Emmys and uh, you know, Critics' Choice Awards, all of those have been really uh, lacking in diversity for their nominations and um, especially for African-American performers and a lot of um, different diverse Actors and performers have um, said they're not going to be attending award shows if they see that, um, or they have not been attending um, award shows since. And so uh, Black Real Awards is one of the groups that um, can really help shine a light on some of those performers who are not getting the recognition or even the nominations they deserve compared. Um, so you can look that up and you can see nominees uh, for this year as well as past winners. And um, it's, it's a pretty cool website. It definitely um, shows you a lot of movies that uh, you may not have heard of before um, if you're looking for some more diversity in your filmage. So um, those are the top five that I have for you today. And now we are going to let Katie pop in and uh, turn it over to her to talk about the Audie Awards, which if you didn't know what those are, they are awards for audiobooks. And she's also going to be talking about a cool movie display and contest that is up in the library right now. So take it away, Katie. Thank you so much, Via, for that introduction and that brief pause so I can jump in here and talk to you all about a few things. Sorry we couldn't all be together. Scheduling as it is, I'm talking to you from the future of when you recorded with Kellen. I have to say, all of those movies recommended are really excellent. I've seen a lot of those, and I really can't recommend the new Candyman title enough. It is such a great companion to the original, while still bringing such a fresh and new artsy idea to the story. It's absolutely beautiful. I highly recommend it. Get that one on hold for yourselves as soon as you can. I have a few things I'd like to talk about going on here at the Orange Branch and also in my own reading life. Uh, I have put together a stay-at-home winter film festival at the Orange Branch. I personally have had a goal of watching all of the AFI Top 100 films. Those are a lot of classic pieces of cinema that have been agreed upon by film critics and the public, by the American Film Institute. And that original list came out in the mid-90s, and that list was revised in 2007. 
there are a hundred films, obviously, on the list, and they range from comedies, dramas, musicals to animated films. Toy Story is one of those. Um, I just watched um, An American in Paris, which had been on the original 1990s list, but fell off the list when a musicals list was created as a standalone. Anyways, there are a lot of great films on that list I had never seen. And so what I've done is pulled a lot of the DVDs that we have here at Delaware and put them on display because they fit within that top 100 list. So I've made it a little easier for you to find your own titles that you might want to watch. They're movies you may have missed or that you heard about and have never seen. So if you want to catch a classic like Citizen Kane or spend some time with an old friend like Woody and Buzz, then you can check out the display at the Orange Branch. Also, there's a contest involved with this. So for every five movies that you watch on the AFI Top 100 list, you can enter into a drawing for a prize. That drawing will happen at the end of February. And I just really wanted to get together with some fellow movie buffs and see what everyone's watching. So check out the display at the Orange Branch. When you walk in the door, that small display will be on the left side near our glass wall display case. I'm really happy to share those movies with you. I also want to say that that list does skew very much um, to not many movies of color. It is a very white list, let's say. So there's a list as well included on the display of the top 50 best black directed films. I encourage you to check those movies out as well. And also uh, take a look at some of the movies Via mentioned earlier. There is just a lot of great diversity in film that we want to keep promoting. And to go back to the Audis that were mentioned, the Audis are the Audio Publishers Association Award that comes out every year for remarkable audiobooks of any given genre. And I have served as a judge on the Audis Committee for... I want to say it's been five or six years now. There are several members of staff here at Delaware County District Library that have also served as judges. And while we're not allowed to tell you what categories we are judging, we can all tell you that we've had a fantastic time listening to all of these audiobooks and seeing what's going to be the best one of every year. There are 25 categories for the Audis. They include Best Female Narrator, Best Male Narrator, there is an Audiobook of the Year category, but this is also an All Ages Award, so there are awards for Best Fantasy Title, Best Historical or Biography, and then you also get into things like Children, Youth, Teen, Short Stories, Young Adult, much more. So there's a lot of variety in the award itself. And I just highly recommend taking a look at past winners. If you've never listened to an audiobook before, perusing the Audis Awards of past years will really give you an idea of what the best of the best sounds like. The awards will be announced on March 4th with a virtual gala hosted by Cal Penn. And there will also be celebrity judges most of those celebrities are also audiobook narrators, so they might not be names that you recognize, but I highly recommend checking back after March 4th to see what won the audiobook of the year and much more. I love hearing what wins every year. 
this contest starts in October, and judges will be listening all throughout October, November, December, January, until they finally get down to their last decision. So you know a lot of work has gone into this. All right, that's my plug for the Audis. Please come into the Orange Branch to participate in the Winter Film Festival, or just look up an AFI movie and watch it on your own time. You might find some new favorite. I'm going to hand things back over to Via, and thanks so much. We'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, Katie. Yes, she knows that um, I have been really on the Audio Awards to put out their nominees. I keep asking her, uh, like, every week for the past couple of weeks. I've just been like, do they have the nominees up? Do they have the nominees up? Because I really want to listen to some myself and maybe put some um, reviews of their stuff up on here for you guys. So they're finally out. The nominees are finally out. So you can go to the Audio Awards website and you can uh, see the list of the nominees for this year if you want to check some of those out before knowing the winners. And uh, now, of course, last but not least, we are going to be getting to our guest recommendations for movies. So Kellen, why don't you tell us what you've got for us? Uh, okay, so the movie that I watched leading into this is a a fun movie about a an older guy who, following the death of his wife, finds himself uh, traveling through the jungle with a young boy uh, in search of a bird, chased by unlikely forces, all under unlikely circumstances. And of course, I'm talking about the movie "The Hunt for the Wilder People" uh, by Taika Waititi. Uh, it stars Sam Neill and Julian Dennison, and while it does share many of the narrative beats of Disney's Up is a very different movie and um, one that I really enjoyed. It's been on my list of ones to watch for years now, and I finally got around to it. Um, In the movie, uh, the boy Ricky is a troublesome kid from the city who has gone through foster parent after foster parent and gets sent to the farm to live with Bella and Hector, who live out in the middle of the New Zealand bush and they're kind of his last stop before Juvie and Bella is eager to bring him in and raise him and, and show him love and kindness. And uh, Hector is reluctant to even be around the kid. Um, After some adjustments where uh, she's going to break him one way or another, either uh, breaking his attitude with kindness or breaking him by making her, or making him watch her killing wild boars, uh, he begins to open up and feel accepted and uh, they grow a great attachment for each other just in time for her to die suddenly. And faced with the reality that he's going to get sent back to the city, he decides to run away and involve Hector in all sorts of shenanigans in the jungle and they decide that after a, a series of mishaps, it's better for them to just stay on the run for months at a time. And uh, we follow Ricky's story more so than, than Hector's uh, as he survives in the New Zealand bush and tries to find ways to avoid the inevitable fate of having to go back to the city and uh, get stuck into a system that he doesn't want to be a part of. Uh, I thought the cinematography was fantastic. There's some really interesting panoramic shots where it layers their journeys and their hikes over top of the scene uh, with it. It's interesting because it's just one inciting incident after another for for Ricky and Hector. Like 
him coming to the farm is one, and then uh, Bella dying is another, and then uh, Hector breaks his foot while trying to rescue Ricky in the jungle, and it's just one more thing after another that any of them could be an inciting incident for the drama of the movie, and it just never stops. Um, Bella's death was... I did not see it coming. I didn't, I didn't either. It was very, that. very out of nowhere. Oh. Um, and it's very, very heartbreaking with it. Um, Taika Waititi makes an appearance in the movie as a pastor at Bella's funeral who makes it just incomprehensible funeral speech uh, that was apparently based off of an actual uh, experience that he had at a oh, funeral once. Yeah. I yeah. He, he was playing a pastor that he had been uh, in presence of uh, <laughs> at a funeral. Um, it was uh, the first local feature in New Zealand to gross more than a million New Zealand dollars in its opening weekend. Um, it came out in 2016, I believe. Um, so like it was kind of the first one of them to really to really take off. Um, Sam Neill, uh, who plays uh, Hector, uh, said it was a very funny movie with many funny people and one unfunny person, which he was referring to himself. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, wait, who is the unfunny person? They're all such likable people. Yeah, there. It's all. It's a great cast. Everybody is such just a character with it. And it's a small, it's a small cast of recurring characters that keep popping up throughout the movie. And so you, you get to check in with little characters here and there as, and where their conflict with the two lies and, and everything. It was very fun. A very good movie. I enjoyed it. I watched it on Canopy, uh, which is one of the uh, movie streaming service that the library provides. Uh, we also have it on DVD at the library. You can get it from. And it may have at one point been on Hoopla, but I don't remember if it's still there. Okay. Yeah, I know definitely. I was gonna, I'll have to check about Hoopla for that. I know, yeah, definitely. We have copies here. Um, if you want to check that out, you can check it out on in the DVD section, of course, uh, under Comedy and H-U-N. Or again, you can um, watch it on Canopy, which is one of our movie apps through the library that you can get for free. As long as you have a library card, you have a free account to Canopy. They give you eight movies to watch per month. Um, I usually never go through that. Um unless I'm on a crazy spree where I have just, I'm just trying out a bunch of experimental movies and I decide I hate them all in the first five minutes and just go through my numbers. But usually everything I find is pretty good on there. So I highly recommend Canopy for another um, streaming kind of service for you um, that, that won't cost you a thing. Um, I've also seen this movie. I highly recommend it also. It's a great recommendation, Kellen. Um, and if you, I mean, if you don't know Sam Neill, from something. Yes, you do. Um, anybody that's seen Jurassic Park, you know who Sam Neill is. Um, fantastic actor. And um, the guy that plays Ricky, uh, Julian Dennison, you might recognize from Deadpool 2, um, which he was also hilarious in. So uh, they're both really great. And yeah, uh, he, uh, he very much could be just the same kid from Deadpool 2. That's fair. Yeah. Um, it's entirely possible. It's just the same kid. But instead He's of meeting so... Deadpool, he meets a lovely lady out in the Australian yeah. bush and grows a heart that way yeah he's so lovable and funny when he, he's like rough you know he's he's just like Hector he's rough around the edges but he's a little more more heartfelt he, he gets cracked open pretty easily I feel like yeah he does Bella. <laughs> it's like the first person that shows him kindness he's ready to accept it yeah yeah and one of the best parts of it is uh the the birthday song that Bella creates for Ricky 
Um, and plays on a tiny little like children's piano. Yeah, <laughs> like a Fisher Price piano. And uh, if that doesn't sound amazing, then uh, I don't know what is. I, that was yeah the best part of the movie for me. But um, yeah, there there are just so many hilarious moments. This movie, I I don't think I could have predicted where it was going ever i i, I don't no. think and, and but none of it was like all of it was enjoyable nothing was was not fun to watch even though it kept me guessing until the end so very surprising very uh if you if you like taika waititi's other movies um you know like like uh we said it's it's got all of all of his beats his typical beats and i think you'll highly love this one and it very much feels like his type of movie so it is yeah it, it's it's there it's it's got a different kind of cinematography to it than like what we do in the shadows or Thor Ragnarok, but it very much feels like his movie uh, when you watch it. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, with having like the wild New Zealand bush to be your, your setting, <laughs> how can you not have like gorgeous shots yeah. in there? So excellent. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about that before we move on to our next recommendation? That's all I had for the movie. All right. Well, that's a, that's a good enough. That's plenty of, of trivia and all kinds of stuff. So I would definitely put yourself on hold or pick that up for it. And the, uh, the next recommendation comes from me and uh, it is an underrated gem that I've come across called come true. It is directed by Anthony Scott Burns and it stars Julia Sarah Stone and Landon LeBoyron. Um, It is about a teenage runaway uh, named Sarah, who at her lowest point, she finds herself with no one to rely on and struggling with reoccurring nightmares. She chances upon a university sleep study that offers a bed to sleep in and money, but the sleep study seems to make Sarah's nightmares even worse. As Sarah learns more about what they are hiding about their research, the sleep study becomes a nightmarish descent into the depths of her mind and a frightening examination of the power of dreams. And she discovers that she has unknowingly become the conduit to a horrifying new discovery. Uh, so this is in the horror section, but I honestly thought this was much more sci-fi. So, um, you know, sci-fi, horror, sci-fi. But if you're looking to check that out, it will be in the horror section of the library under COM. Um, so you can remember that. And uh, this movie was, I just thought, I'm, I've always loved movies that deal with dreams and that deal with sleep paralysis. I've always found that really fascinating. So this was one that, you know, instantly took my interest. And uh, it was, however, just because of the younger, um, you know, teen kind of levels um, of the, the ages of the characters and just the way it sounded like it could have been a very cringy teen horror movie. Uh, I was, I was expecting that, you know, I, I was fully ready to, to, I, I felt like it could go either way. It could either be really surprisingly good, or it could be, you know, a little cringy. And I was pleasantly surprised, obviously why I'm recommending this to you. Um, it was not very cringy at all. In my opinion, it was, the acting was, was very good by the young actors. Um, the main actress, uh, you really do feel all of her emotions in it. She's fantastic. Um, the soundtrack in this is absolutely killer. There is what I consider like the theme song of this movie is called Modern Fears. It's by Electric Youth and Pilot Priest. And fun fact, uh, Pilot Priest is actually the 
DJ musician name of the director of this movie, Anthony Scott Burns, who did uh, some of the the other music, the background music in this movie as well. But um, it's a really fantastic song. It plays uh, in the movie and you can't forget it once you've heard it. Um, the soundtrack is also kind of like the vibe of this movie is very kind of a uh, dreamy and um, sort of like 80s influenced, like synthy influenced. Um, the soundtrack sounds like it could all have been um, played in in Twin Peaks. So if that helps you at, at the Roadhouse, um, give you a vibe of what the sound and kind of the ambiance of this movie is, there you go. Also, the the visual effects in this movie for a lesser known, lower budget movie were fantastic, and they were very creepy, like like very high visual effects. They um, have a lot that they use through TV screens, um, but also uh, in real life. The more you get into what's happening, and of course the the representation of dreams for people. Um, this, yeah, like I said, basically draws inspiration from sleep paralysis and universal images that people have said they see in dreams, like shadow people and stuff like that. Um, so it, it can, if you're somebody that like has trouble sleeping or you have really weird dreams or this might get under your skin a little bit, because I know I definitely have, um, you know, seen like there are, there are reoccurring things that a lot of people see in dreams. Um, some like make it stress dreams, you know, some, some make it other things, but, uh, yeah, if you can relate to any of it, you might start to think that this movie's a little bit in your head, but, um, like I said, it's, it, I was so happy that this was better than I expected. Um, I really do feel like it is underrated and is worth a watch because, um, it's, I, I think it's going to be divisive, um, you know, I think that some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it because of the exact reason why I loved it. But of course, um, I'm recommending it. And I, I will even say it is in no way perfect. There are a lot of things um, that it could have, uh, you know, carried on with to, to make it a, a perfect movie or, or whatever your criteria is. But it had such heart in it and such a good vision of what it was trying to do and the story it was trying to tell. And um you know, how it wanted to represent that. Like it, it really built the atmosphere and the world um, that it wanted to. It had kind of a uh, a weird anachronistic vibe to it. Um, meaning that like some of the tech seemed really, really modern. And then some of the computers and the decor or like the, the outfits seemed like they were out of like the 80s or the 70s. Um, and I do feel like a lot of that was intentional because of the soundtrack and the vibe of the movie. So that didn't bug me. Um, it seems like a stylistic choice. And um you know, it, it just hit all the boxes for me. Um, I feel like it deserves attention if you're looking for something new in that sci-fi genre. Um, not everything gets wrapped up or totally explained in the end, um, but uh, what is presented, kind of like the main things, are given sense within that world um, scape. And also it's about dreams. So it is very dreamy and some of the stuff feels confusing and disorienting on purpose, but it did really give enough to satisfy me. It does answer some questions and leave some things open-ended, but um, it's not one of those kind of, um, oh, like every question is just open for interpretation because it's a dream kind of things. It really does give you some answers and um, you'll have to see if you can predict what's going to be the end result for things. But um, yeah, I, I would watch this movie again. Um, I recommended it to two people I knew as soon as I saw it. Um, and I recommended the song to many people. 
So even if you just want something new to listen to, maybe look up the soundtrack for this movie. But yes, I I highly recommend this. Um, Julia Sarah Stone, I have not seen in many things, um, but uh, she was an incredible actress, like I said. And Landon LeBoyron, you might recognize um, from Hemlock Grove, was a series that he was in that got him a lot of attention. Uh, He was also in um, a show called Frontier, um, that was about kind of like the fur trade and things like that. Um, I believe with, uh, Jason Momoa was also in that. So some of the recommendations for you, but, um, yeah, this is my creepy recommendation for you. I promise that not all of my recommendations for movies and things are going to be horror related. I just like what I like guys. And, um, I will be having some other ones up there for you. Um, and of course we will have Katie back next month, but uh, this is going to wrap up our episode for February, for the end of February. So thank you again, Kellen, for joining us. Yeah, so, um, and again, check out the Makerspace. Definitely do that. Um, You know, get all of your crafts and your Christmas stuff done early. That's what I do. Keeps me a lot less stressed. I know it's February and I'm insane, but I'm telling you now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely a great space. Check it out give a little tour and um, thank you again for joining us and we will see you uh, next month then guys. Join us next time on library gals go to the library where we geek out about books, movies, and more. You can email us your questions, comments, or concerns, any feedback you like, at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org. To check out all the digital resources mentioned in today's episode, or to request any items for your reading, viewing, or listening pleasure, visit delawarelibrary.org. We'll see you soon!